Hello, and welcome to River Writers, a production of the Writers Guild of Astoria, a 501c3 nonprofit supporting writers and the literary arts in Astoria and the Lower Columbia region. I'm your host, Marianne Monson. Aired the second Monday of each month at 9 a.m., River Writers provides a chance to peek behind the curtain at the craft of writing. What motivates writers, and what have they learned through their creative process? I'm honored to have as my guest today someone who needs no introduction, local singer and songwriter, North Coast native, and lead singer of the band Blind Pilot, Israel Nebaker. Israel is the author of the songs and lyrics of all three and counting Blind Pilot's albums. Welcome, Israel. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for coming. We're so I've been so excited about this. Um, Partly, I have to admit, I was at your show at the Liberty Theater in July. Oh, and yeah. It was my first time. I honestly don't know how I've missed it up until now. Um, I became an instant convert to your work. It was just such a beautiful evening. I feel beautiful. like I'm sure many people did in that audience that we went on a journey together that night. And I was just struck by the vulnerability and intimacy of your stage presence. I'm curious if you could talk a little bit about that connection that happens between you and your audience when you're on stage. Sure. Uh, thank you for that compliment. I'm so glad you liked the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I think um, there's all kinds of there's all kinds of ways to perform on a stage, and sometimes it's very performy, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's just <laughs> allowing people to be in the space you naturally create while you're standing in front of them mm-hmm. and that's that's been more my style yeah that's, yeah like I've never been the kind of performer where people afterwards are like oh it was the most amazing show he had the crowd in the palm of his hand <laughs> like he could do anything up there it's <laughs> it's always been more for me the intention has been more about um, just bringing the space that I create on my own and mm-hmm. just sharing it. And if anybody wants to enter that with me, then wonderful. Yeah. 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 Well, a lot of people do. <laughs> so congratulations on just the response that I think um, your work gets really around the world. You know, it, I, that must be really Thank neat you. to see the way that the personal things that you write have had such a resonance. Yeah, it's... Um, to, to be honest, it's been surprising since day one. Like mm-hmm. the first time that uh, Blind Pilot got big recognition and I started watching the um, the amount of people listening. It's kind of baffling to write from a place of deeply personal and, and not trying to make it universal and then watching how that can be very much universal. Hmm. Yeah, it's ironically the best way to make things universal, right? It's it's yeah. a good way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so one thing that I, I love personally about your work is how deeply rooted it is in this particular era, um, area rather. Oh. So throughout your lyrics, you often refer to tides and rivers and specific places in this region. I believe you used to write music in the red wooden building out in the river where your father, Royal Nebuchadnezzar, had his art studio. Is mm-hmm. that rumor? Or is that true? No, that's true. I'd say <laughs> like most of Blind Pilot's songs I've written out there. Yeah. I love that. It's yeah. such a beautiful building. Do you want to talk a little bit about the influence of this area on your work? Sure. Um, you know, I grew up here mm-hmm. and 
um, one of my favorite things to do as a kid was just to get lost, alone, uh, you know, you know, uh, not actually lost, but <laughs> like lost, sort of lost. lost in the, uh, you know, silence or just sounds of nature mm. uh, down on the beach, the estuary in Gearhart or in the woods. Um, and my writing process has mostly been about listening. Um, and I, th- I draw a direct line back to that initial passion of just listening mm. in nature. So um, I often go to nature for inspiration. And maybe if I, um, if I wrote most of my songs indoors, I might just have a, a lot more repetitive words talking about pencils and desks and, <laughs> and, and computers. But I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's often just the place that I'm drawing inspiration from. So it makes its way in. Hmm. Yeah. And actually for any listeners who have not yet seen the music video for packed powder, <laughs> oh, yeah. that, uh, was so entertaining to watch for someone who loves the story of, cause it's very clearly filmed and, many familiar places around here it's really fun to make especially Mm -hmm. just everybody was so accommodating to let us use their store or church or different different place yeah if you need someone to swim around the boat in your next video i'll volunteer for that perfect okay (laughs) so uh even though your father royal who i mentioned before worked in a really different art form as a visual Mm -hmm. artist you have said that he had a significant influence on your creative process. Can you talk a little bit about that collaboration and mentorship? Yeah, yeah. I um, he he was by far my biggest mentor in songwriting. Um, even though his medium was painting and drawing and printmaking, he he um, I remember it was like we went skiing up Mount Hood, and I was such a shy and extremely quiet kid and I I remember I had never talked with my dad as much as on the drive back like on the way up it's like I was just awkward teenager kind of you know um it it wasn't a very like flowing conversation and on the way back he just asked me like so Hannah says you're writing songs Hannah my sister Uh uh-huh um what's that like what's that experience like and he's you know he's a great teacher so um, he knew how to, to talk about creative process mm-hmm. and that conversation just continued for, you know, the rest of our relationship. Mm. Um, I learned so much about creative process from him and we would always be riffing about like, oh yeah, that's the same for me. That's mm. how it is for you. And there was a time when, um, we were sharing a studio, his, his studio, um, out at the red building. So, um, that was great to like be making music and he'd be making paintings on the other side of the room. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a really good relationship with, with art with him. Hmm. That's beautiful. That's so neat that you could share that and, and a little surprising, I guess, to see the connections across the different medium. Yeah. 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 But it makes so much sense because really regardless of the medium, there are so many connections in that creative process. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So what is the songwriting process like for you? I'm curious about how your ideas come, how you develop them, and how you know when a song is finished. Mm. Um, well, 
I think, you know, this is like my favorite subject, creative process Mm -hmm. and how things come. It's also the biggest mystery for me. Mm -hmm. So no matter what I say, I always feel like I don't really know what Mm -hmm. I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And it does change. Um, It seems like I've had different formats, different practices of how to bring songs or how to just be still enough to listen to one Mm -hmm. coming through. And it's always changing. I'm always having to um, stretch and grow with it. I think that's where you're sp- meant to be at. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I've um, mostly, like I said, it's listening. And um, I think getting myself to a state where I'm, I'm actually comfortable and enjoying my own presence and the, the and the moment of just being still enough to listen mm-hmm. is quite a challenge. It's quite a challenge for most people and for me too. Yeah. Um, I think when I can get there, the songs always come. Mm. Um, yeah. And uh, as far as when is the song over, I know I, I read the notes before the show, so I know I'm not supposed to talk about sex. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> beep, 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 beep. <laughs> but my... my favorite quote on this is just like I don't think I've ever heard anyone say it better when Pablo Picasso was asked how do you know when a painting is finished he said how do you know when sex is finished (laughs) and it's it's such a natural human process I think you just know I think Mm -hmm. it's just like you know in your body you Mm -hmm. know in in your energy it's Mm -hmm. that's it yeah um thank you I think that uh that I loved what you said about how it's different for each song. So even though you're such an experienced songwriter, it's like you have to learn it all over again because you don't know how to write that song, right? Mm. Mm. Would you say that's true? Sorry, can you... So when you were talking about how the writing process is Mm. is really different for each song you write, so even though you're so experienced and you've written so many songs, you have never written that particular song again. Song before, rather. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, for me, I'm I'm always trying to uh, create what's new, what's in the moment, what's mm-hmm. present in the here and now, mm-hmm. um, and like sort of listen to the air in that way. And it always, and even, I think it's true, even if you're trying to copy someone else, mm-hmm. if you're really tapped in to your process, it's always going to come out sounding like you. So, yeah. So right now I'm, you know, I, I just recently finished writing um, this next album for Blind Pilot and Mm -hmm. it's taken me so long. I was worried that there might not be enough cohesion. There might be way too many types of songs in it. Mm. Um, But listening to them as a body, I was like, oh, they just sound like my songs. Like Mm. they're coming from different places, but I think the through line is just yourself. Yeah, that's great. Actually, you know I have to ask this, but when do you think we can expect that fourth album? Um, recording it right now, so... Great. Don't know. Okay. <laughs> but, like, it should be definitely within the next year. Yeah, that's yeah. exciting. Thank you. Um, so, in previous interviews, you have talked about two specific, I believe, times in your life when you felt like you might not be able to write again. Mm. You said you had to learn what to feed your writing self. And I'm curious what you meant by that. Yeah, it's kind of a, a game of hide and seek or trying to figure out 
where your writing self is currently at, what it's needing. I think of it, the healthiest way for me to conceive it is I'm in a relationship with a different self. The Mm -hmm. writing self is not the same guy that talks to an acquaintance at the grocery store. Um, He comes out when there's an extreme presence Mm -hmm. and, um, and he really only comes out to create if I honor him, if I show him that I care what he has to say, that, um, I will value whatever comes through Mm -hmm. and I'll try to hear it instead of just being, Oh no, that's, that's dumb. Nobody's going to want to hear that. Hmm. So that's the, that's the best way for me to conceive it. And, um, so it, it is like a process of asking what that self is needing. Yeah. So that you can honor what that self needs in order to want to speak and create. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That reminds me a little bit of um, the, the Greek word for poetry is poesis. You know, mm. And it means to call something out of nothing. I think wow. it kind of speaks to what you're talking about mm. with um, the lyrics coming from somewhere beyond, almost beyond yourself. I'm so fascinated where, where it comes from, like mm-hmm. w- where does inspiration, where do like those, those good ideas, where, where are they from? It, mm-hmm. it always feels like it's not from my mind. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a lot to the concept of the Greek muses. Mm-hmm. So, um, your work often deals with themes of memory and loss and has a way of making the personal universal. I'm curious it seems, and I know as particularly your third album was related to memory and loss, but even mm. in your first two, I still feel that there's yeah. a lot there. Yeah. How uh, have these been repeating motifs for you and important to you as a songwriter? That's a tough one. Um, I don't know if I've ever reflected on that. I think... I usually write songs when I have to and um, I think that if I was a person without many problems I wouldn't write very many songs. Um, I see them as uh, a way to hold something that is overwhelming Mm -hmm. with a bigger perspective than my own or in a way that turns it into something that's a giving thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I guess because that's been my relationship with writing, it makes sense that it's often about um, concepts that are difficult because I'm, I'm working through them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And do you think that it makes them more bearable to put them into song form oh yeah yeah Mm -hmm. it's it's a friend it's it's like it's the best kind of um uh grieving or you know i I don't like thinking of it as a therapeutic practice Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. that's part of it i think it's the best kind because it's 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 a i think all art um in some capacity is um for helping yeah and and so that always brings you to connection to the rest of the world if you're creating something out of whatever problem you're going through. Hmm. 
It also makes the ephemeral, uh, the ephemeral tangible, right? Mm. So I feel like feelings and thoughts and challenges can be really overwhelming, but when we can put them into some sort of concrete form, somehow it's better. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So if you are just joining me, this is Marianne Monson for KMUN's River Writers, sponsored by the Writers Guild. This morning, I'm lucky enough to be speaking with Israel Nebuchadnezzar, the songwriter and lead singer of The Blind Pilots. So thank you so much again, Israel. It's just been so such a pleasure to talk with you in the studio today. I want to ask you a little bit about specific lyrics. And I know explaining poetry is, I mean, the minute yeah. you try, I'm not asking you to do that. <laughs> but just tell me maybe a little bit about that particular song, anything sure. that, so your song, Just One, has a line that just always gets to me. Honestly, I d I'm not even sure if it means to me what it means to you, mm. um, but it, it makes me choke up when I listen to it. So you say, if I could have known then we were dying to get gone, I can't believe we get just one. And you do this beautiful thing that you often do in your songs, which is kind of turn the phrase, you mm. repeat it, but with like a slight turn to it. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about the orange origins of that particular song? Sure. Um, I think that song, it, you, you went right to one of the most amorphous songs that hmm. I, you know, for me mm -hmm. to, to hold. Um, because even when I was writing it, it was specific about things going on in my circle and in my life and uh, the relationship I was in with a woman I loved, I loved very deeply and uh, was um, in some hardship with, but also I knew I was also talking about life itself mm -hmm. and concept of, of existence and, and this lifespan and the nature of choice and that we only get one shot in each moment to mm -hmm. choose one thing. Mm -hmm. And, and then we just have this one life and, um, and if we are lucky enough to choose a life partner, we just, just get one shot to get it right. <laughs> and, um, it, yeah. If you're, if you're like me and you're putting like tons of pressure on yourself in a mm -hmm. moment of writing a song, but mm -hmm. I, I, um, I was just really curious and trying to learn from that concept and mulling it over. Like, do we really just get one shot at everything? Mm. I really can't believe that. Mm -hmm. And then also it's like, wow, we just get one shot. Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't believe it. You know, mm -hmm. it's like a slightly two different meanings there. Yeah. Mm. That's that turn that I think I was talking about. Yeah. So I think it did mean to me what it, it meant to you, which, yeah. you know, I mean, sometimes poetry can mean different things to different people and that's okay too. But I, I, that's definitely what it felt like you were communicating to me. It's interesting how at times of struggle, life can feel like, oh my gosh, I can't believe <laughs> we get just one and it goes on and on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But at the best moments the moments that I try to cultivate in my life it just seems so brief and fleeting and like right. it couldn't possibly last long enough right. so, yeah mm -hmm. thank you for capturing that so I'm curious if you could talk 
for just a few minutes about your first exposures to music and how you got started with with music. Yeah. I'm trying to think what are my earliest exposures. Um, I I know as a little kid, um, whenever I'd have a babysitter Mm -hmm. um, being looked after by uh, parents, friends, I'd always get sent with... um, a copy, uh, like a, like a cassette tape of Peter and the Wolf mm-hmm. because that was just like, you put that on, I'm fine. I just sit yeah. down in front of the speaker and listen <laughs> to that. <laughs> and it still is one of my favorite mm. works ever created. Yeah. And, um, I think I, um, I think I had a moment, um, that, that impacted my life with music pretty strongly with my grandmother she had a piano and um we we got into this what I thought was kind of a game where she would teach me a a little song and I'd learn it and as soon as I learned it by heart then she'd teach me the next one and I just became instantly so thrilled and um full of what a mysterious experience it is to be hearing what's coming through your fingers and an instrument and in the air and listening to it at the same time it's like it's it's you're creating it but also it's coming through you Mm because it's like a a loop of experience and I just wanted more and more of that and Mm. um that yeah it's probably my earliest experiences with music that's great yeah you felt that poesis huh Hmm. do you have any advice to other writers I mean I know this show is focused on writers to me I see songwriting as just another form of storytelling really yeah so that's the connection but do you have advice for people who are feeling a desire to write whether it be songs or poetry or or anything and getting started about especially I guess how they can honor that writing self Mm -hmm. yeah like I said it's always a moving target and I think we're meant to be in that space of stretching and trying to find it. Uh, so if you ask me that question at any other moment in my life, it would be different, I think. But mm-hmm. right now I'd say the best advice I can give that I'm giving to myself is, um, try to enjoy the process of writing as much as you can. That enjoyment comes through and it's contagious and it's mm-hmm. what we want to be giving each other. So, mm. Um, if something's meaningful enough to you to, to authentically desire putting it down, Mm. it's going to mean something big to somebody else in the same way. I was thinking during your concert, and then I also went to Pink Martini at the Liberty and I know you were there and we got to hear you sing a little on that stage as well, but it, it occurred to me how much great performance is like play. You know, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what you were doing on that stage. That's mm. what Pink Martini was doing too. I know, playing. Yeah, isn't I? I love their their shows. I love yeah. Thomas Lauderdale. He he mm. is exactly that. He's just playing. Yeah, he, it's it's so inspiring to me every time I I see that. Yeah, and so often we give kids permission to mm-hmm. play, but we think that we're too adult for it. So it's like should yeah. be done with that. Completely. <laughs> the Completely. best things come when. We let ourselves play, I think. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Israel, it's been such a pleasure to talk with you today. And what, could we end with a song? Yeah, of course. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. 
I'll play this song, it's on the next album, and uh, I'll play it because it was a writing assignment given to me by a friend. I was, yeah, uh, she was just like, don't leave this room until you've written a song. which I find is so helpful just to give yourself constraints and just like, all right, whatever comes in this moment, it's just going to come. And you often surprise yourself with, with what's waiting to come through. Thank you for joining us today for River Writers, and thanks again to my special guest, Israel Nibaker, for coming down to talk about his writing process. What a pleasure it's been, Israel. Thanks again for having me. It's been so great. The Writers Guild of Astoria is a 501c3 nonprofit serving writers in Oregon and Washington. 
We hope you will join us for our upcoming literary ball and benefit at River Sea Art Gallery in Astoria on November 19th from 3 to 7 p.m. More information about the Writers Guild can be found at thewritersguild.org. More information about Blind Pilot and Israel's work can be found on their website, blindpilot.com. Until next time, keep the words flowing and your pencil sharp. I'm Marianne Monson for River Writers. <laughs>